To make a donation, visit biblicallycorrectpodcast.org slash donate. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for your support. Are Messianics just swapping one religion for another? Welcome to the Biblically Correct Podcast. Shalom, y'all. This is the Biblically Correct Podcast, teaching biblical correctness in a biblically incorrect world. My name is Kevin Jeffrey. I'm a Jewish follower of the Messiah Yeshua, Jesus, and I love teaching the scriptures. When a believer in Yeshua first comes into a Messianic or Hebraic understanding of the faith, whether they're from a Jewish or Christian background, it can be an exciting and spiritually invigorating time. The scriptures come alive in ways you've never seen them before, and you begin to connect to God in a framework outside the walls of the religion by which you were previously confined. But as you begin to navigate this new, unfamiliar territory, it can also be confusing. Is this a Jewish faith? Is it Christian? Is it somewhere in the middle? And so, in the quest for self-definition and spiritual understanding, despite having moved on from one brand of religion, you end up just exchanging it for another one, maybe without even realizing it, and you mistake it for a true faith in God. Well, today I want to address this blind spot that many believers have whenever they begin traveling a new spiritual path, and to suggest a way to successfully overcome and shed your religious tendencies. In other words, to reach God without religion. Now, before I get into the specific issues facing believers who are seeking a Messianic or Hebraic understanding of the faith, let me set it up by first defining what I mean by religion. Second, addressing one of the major problems with religion. And third, seeing if the scriptures can offer us a solution. So while some might consider religion or being religious as synonymous with being devout or spiritual or believing in God or what have you, the way I'm defining religion here is a little more narrow. Religion, as I'm using it, is defined as an institution or system of beliefs and practices that have been organized and established by people. That means doctrines, rites, and customs, a professional clergy, a special building for religious meetings, and so forth. And while such religion may be centered around the Bible, such as in Christianity and Judaism, they're still in large part man-made institutions, as evidenced at least in part by their many denominations and divisions. And it's within these institutions that we're given the rules and told what to believe and do, what rites to perform, what prayers to say, all in a way that systematically lays out for us what is considered good and necessary to live for, worship, and please God. That's what I mean by religion, a man-made system or institution of practices and beliefs. And we like religion because we find its kind of organization useful to us. Religion is often good at providing practical avenues to worship and pray together, to serve and be useful, some ways of which can be extremely beneficial for helping others in their time of need, especially with material necessities. But we also tend to like religion because it makes our faith tidy and manageable, not messy and mysterious. It answers questions we might have. It issues final rulings on difficult topics. It establishes routines. It gives us boxes to check. And it doesn't require us to figure things out on our own. 
Religion creates a way for us to connect to God, or at least simulate that connection, with varying degrees of commitment to Him. It can enable us to compartmentalize our faith and our relationship to God in a way that minimally interrupts the regular course of our daily lives. And the problem this often makes is that instead of actually bringing us closer to God, religion, by this definition, inserts itself between us and Him. At the behest and invention of human beings, we tend to become adherents to religious systems rather than devoted followers of God through His Word, through the Scriptures. And while some may consider a faith based on a book to be just another type of religion, the difference is that the book we're supposed to be following, the Bible, isn't man's word, but God's. Because, of course, the Bible alone is the written word of God, and none other. At least, that's what I believe. So it's the religious system constructed around the book, not the book itself, that's the problematic variable. Because throughout history, despite the best of intentions that anyone ever had by trying to bring about order and standardization of beliefs and practices, religion can't help but inject and assert the authority of man and inevitably interfere with direct access to God and his word. In place of the scriptures, the established man-made religion, intentionally or not, is given the position and voice of God's authority. Now, some will see no problem with this arrangement. In fact, they take comfort in it, finding that religion in this context serves not only a helpful purpose, but a necessary one. They'll say that leaving the discernment of truth in the hands of unlearned individuals will be way too subjective, leading to disunity and chaos. They'll say that we're incapable of knowing and grasping the truth without turning to a long-established religious system, and it's not only naive, but conceited to even suggest that we can. But if we're truly subjecting our thoughts and beliefs to the authority of Scripture, then is that characterization really true? Because I don't think it's naive or conceited at all to take Moses at his word when he teaches us that we can indeed know God's will without religion. I mean, that appears to be the plain, obvious takeaway from what he says in Deuteronomy 30, verses 11 through 14. For this command, which I am commanding you today, is not too difficult for you, nor is it far off. It is not in the heavens that you should be saying, who will go up for us into the heavens and get it for us and cause us to hear it, so that we may do it. And it is not beyond the sea that you should be saying, who will pass over for us beyond the sea and get it for us and cause us to hear it so that we may do it. For the word is very near to you in your mouth and in your heart to do it. This is one of the most amazing and empowering passages in all of scripture. Think about what Moses is saying here. In earlier verses, he'd been exhorting Israel and enumerating all the things that God was promising to do for them if they obey him. Then Moses points to the Torah, to the scriptures, and tells them that this book is what's going to teach them how God wants them to behave and what he wants them to do. And that's when Moses begins to explain to them 
that this requirement of obedience that God's placing on them shouldn't cause them any alarm. Because keeping God's commands and obeying his word isn't even slightly difficult to do. Look at what Moses says. This command is not too difficult for you. It's entirely within our capabilities. He says, nor is it far off. His word is completely within our reach. And then he expounds on this. God's word isn't way up in the heavens, such that we need someone else to go up there and get it for us, and then cause us to hear it so that we can do what it says. And God's word isn't way across the sea, such that we need someone to sail there and go and get it and bring it back to us again so that we can hear and do it. No way! Moses says we don't need any other help or assistance or facilitation to enable us to hear and do God's word. In fact, he says the word is very near to you, so near that it's already in your mouth and in your heart to do it. We only need to choose to obey. Now, if it isn't already obvious, this isn't Moses calling for some kind of individualistic scripture interpreting free-for-all where we are completely without restraint and can view scripture in any light we please. There's no hint of that here at all. And I've gone to great lengths in other episodes to describe the appropriate boundaries within which we can all correctly understand the scriptures. Not to mention, as I've said many times before, according to Ephesians 4.11, God has given us the gift of true teachers to help us fully grasp and apply the truth of his word. The Bible also prescribes the appointment of godly leaders and so forth. So we're not supposed to be spiritual islands, but part of a larger body, all of us interconnected with each other so that we can operate together as one. But that said, what Moses is saying here is that there are indeed no constraints and no limits and no need for a middleman, or might we say for religion, where it comes to gaining access to God's word and his will. On the contrary, the instructions that God himself has provided and given to his people are beyond accessible. Again, Moses says that God's word is so near to us that it's even within us. And because of this direct proximity through the scriptures, as Moses says, you can hear God's word, and more than that, you can do it. Now, it should go without saying that this direct access doesn't automatically mean instant understanding. We still have to exert the effort to know and learn and apply the word. And yes, there are spiritual matters and matters concerning practical everyday life where the scriptures aren't explicit. And of course, we can consult outside sources for occasional limited help, including some religious sources. But that being said, if we're really allowing the scriptures to have an unimpeded voice of influence in our lives, if we're truly taking advantage of that direct access to God's word, then how much do we actually need to defer our thinking and surrender our understanding to those outside religious sources and systems? Does the word of God really have such potential to fail us that we need to submit our walk with him to the religions of man. So now we can finally address the unique issue of believers who are looking for a messianic or Hebraic understanding of biblical faith. 
Because the big twist on this problem, regardless of ethnic and religious background, is that many believers will replace their former religious, often Christian frame of reference with the particular religion of Judaism as their surrogate missing link to God. In trying to make the transition to a messianic or Hebraic way of living and thinking, Judaism, being considered the original religion of Jesus and the Bible, is now seen as the authentic source to find answers and to imitate. When this happens then, anything that's Jewish, whether it's rabbinic tradition or cultural practice or theology, even literal DNA, suddenly and automatically has the potential to be considered authoritative, desirable, and sacred. Judaism becomes revered and venerated as a superior parental culture and framework and is then exploited in an effort to obtain either a purer walk in Yeshua or more valid credentials as authentic practitioners of the faith of Messiah. What comes next, then, is often not just the acceptance, but the near-wholesale adoption of a given form of Judaism, such as Orthodox or Conservative or some other kind of mixture. And these are then seen as the default template or foundational context for true Messianic or Hebraic life, learning, and personal expression. But as ancient as Judaism may be, and as authentic to Yeshua as it may feel, no man-made system or practices of beliefs can ever show us the way of true faith in God. You can't attend a Messianic congregation, for example, which can be just as steeped in religiosity as the church or synagogue you left behind, and hope that you'll find closeness to Yeshua there simply by virtue of the congregation's Judaismish expression and context. Nor should you become enamored with Jewish things or allegedly Hebraic thinking, believing that simply because they originate with Judaism, they must be a reflection of authentic scriptural Yeshua-centered faith. You can't run from the pagan roots of Christianity to the Jewish roots of Judaism and rightly believe that you've shed the shackles of religion. Because the tragic result of all this will essentially be the swapping out of one religion for another and bypassing or suppressing the only true way to reliably reach God within the actual foundational non-religious context of the scriptures. As followers of the one true God, we've been granted unprecedented access to his word. And yet, because of our religious blinders, most of us don't even realize that it's there. As the flawed human beings that we are, maybe it is idealistic to think we can escape religion altogether. But if we don't even try to overcome our religious tendencies, then we'll only succeed in obstructing our own access to God. Because the minute we attempt to manage, systematize, and erect rigid walls for our untidy faith, we take it out of God's hands and fossilize the dynamic ability to believe in the untamed, unsystematic truth of God. We can't have a tangible relationship with an untouchable, invisible God unless we're willing to stake our lives on the messy, mysterious truth of His Word. Religion is designed to make our faith tidy and manageable 
in an attempt to exert organization and control over the gloriously disorganized and uncontrollable things of God. But faith in the God of Israel doesn't need to be protected by the fences of religion. On the contrary, it needs to be set free to do, believe, and commit to the unfathomable things of his word. So unless you just want to exchange one religion for another, then you need to train yourself to resist your religiosity. And you do that by bypassing religion and going straight to the book so that you can hear God's word directly and only from him. The scriptures aren't a mystery that needs to be unlocked by those more pious, intelligent, or chosen than us. The Bible is literally an open book, available to all who receive it in humility. So let's lose our religion and instead channel our passion and zeal into the direct discovery of Scripture. Because the Word of God is very near to you. You don't need anyone else to go and get it. It's already there in your mouth and in your heart so that you can hear and understand and do. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Biblically Correct Podcast. If you like this episode and want to see us make more, then we need your help. Visit our website at biblicallycorrectpodcast.org to support the work of Perfect Word Ministries and MJMI with your much-needed donations. And of course, don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe, and ring the bell to receive notifications whenever a new episode is posted. If you have any questions about this teaching, or if there are any other topics you'd like to see me cover, leave me a comment or shoot me an email at kevin at perfectword.org. That's kevin at perfectword.org. Until next time, remember that every scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for refuting, for setting a right, and for instruction that is in righteousness, so that the man of God may be fully equipped, having been completed for every good act. Shalom.